Hey everybody, welcome to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition on 4th of July weekend. This will hit on the 3rd of July. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. We are glad you are with us. Check out our Facebook page. Check us out on your favorite podcasting host. And do not forget to rate us wherever you may be. We have got a ton of stuff for you this week on the weekend edition. Get you through that extra day off you got this weekend. You got Monday off, right? Yes, yes, we do. So more time to watch some movies, listen to some music. We're going to start off with our movie reviews. Dave and I have one movie this week that we did watch together. Yep. Again, together but apart. Yes. (laughs) It's one that we agreed upon to view. Yep. Every week we do this at least once, if not twice, so we can get a mutual perspective out to you. Yes. Now, this one's about two and a half years old. The blockbuster known as Ready Player One. Living in virtual reality. Pretty much. Yeah. It's it's kind of a commentary on the way society's going at this point. It it kind of harkens back almost Wally-esque in yes, that's trying a good one. Yeah. Good, to get away from what your life actually is to being involved in whatever's on the screen in front of you. Yep. Um, This was a really involved movie. It was. It's video game creator comes up, awkward guy creates a space where he's comfortable in and it becomes a worldwide phenomenon He creates a game just before he dies to pass on ownership to the worthy winner. Can I tell you something? This, This was so obviously Steven Spielberg doing a modern day futuristic update of Willy Wonka. Is yes. what I took away from it because of what you just said. Yeah, it, it was there. The, yeah, in many the ways. Little, yep. Yeah. It had a little bit of, well, a lot of Avatar in it in terms of 60% of the movie is CGI characters. Right. 60 to 70%. Even a little bit of Wizard of Oz maybe thrown in there. Yeah, the man behind the curtain. Your yeah. typical good versus corporate evil. Which was well portrayed. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I liked it. Okay. Surprisingly, I, I, I'm going to be negative, Nancy. Then I, I, I surprisingly liked it more than I thought I was going to. There was a part of me that really wanted to like it. I think it was too ambitious. I think it was. It had too much going on and not enough to say. There was too much of... They they tried to bring in almost too much from the book, from the snippets I've I was going to ask you about that since you're the book expert between the two of us. I've not it's read It's based on it, the bestseller. But... I don't know how... They, it, they, they crammed a crap ton into a short period of time. I don't see how this would work as a book. I mean, with all the pop culture references, which at at one point became almost overwhelming, I found myself almost thinking this was a game in a game. 
or in well, a movie about a game because I'm looking for all these characters. I'm like, oh, there's Spawn. Oh, there's the Iron Giant. Oh, there's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Did you see the Mach 5 in there? A pseudo no, Mach 5 I didn't. in the race? See, I knew I'd missed a ton of stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of pop culture reference. The old Batmobile was in there. Yeah, because it's all, everybody's kind of looking because the game creator was a product of the 70s and 80s. Right. And all 60s, 70s, 80s pop culture stuff runs amok. If you like that stuff, you're going to see a crap ton of things in there. Yep. Yeah, and again, I'm going to be the negative on this and say that it was almost distracting. You know, it, it it seemed like it was distracting me from any kind of plot that this movie had. And again, I understand Spielberg seems to be trying to make his own Willy Wonka, his own Wizard of Oz, again, based on the book. But it's like pop culture overload almost to me. It was... I didn't care about the characters and all the characters are doing. I called it in my notes in action, action. They're all sitting there in suits with strings tied to them and wires doing all this stuff in with their avatars in the virtual. It just didn't do it for me. It didn't. I didn't hate it. I thought there were moments where it was really kind of neat. And the, but there were moments where I was like, Oh God, God, really? See, where you were overwhelmed with the pop culture stuff, I thoroughly embraced that part. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm not trying to dissuade you from liking it. I just, I didn't see the point. I mean, okay, so there's Spawn, again, there's Spawn, there's all these Batman climbing the Himalayas. Okay, great. What does that do for me in terms of the, the overall movie? It does nothing, to me at least. I wanted characters I could care about. The two main characters fall in love way too easily. Yes, yes, they did. I will grant you that. And what's what's her name? Olivia Cook. She's cute. She was very cute. But you know, I like the five the five main The High Five. The clan. Yeah. You know, that was cool. I liked them. They were all the, the inter- way they came. Very together. diverse, very enjoyable. This is one time where, yes, you cannot accuse was- me of being on PC, I thought the diverse group of five that they had Coming worked very well together. They worked very well together. Because they knew each other in the virtual realm, and when they met each other in real life, nothing, it didn't matter. Right. Because they, they knew, immediately who, knew who each they, were. And they immediately had that bond. Yeah. Yeah. And they worked so well together. So, I th- effects were really good. Yeah, but again, but again, it was a so lot of CGI. Much. Again, like, it was. This is why you and I don't watch avatars because we're worried about the fact that it's going to. Well, be no, like Avatar this. was just a stupid ass premise to no. begin with. The thing I'm worried about in Avatar is what we just got in Ready Player One is that it's going to be sixty to seventy percent all CGI characters. I don't want to watch that. I can't connect to a CGI character. I can't. I won't. I don't think Avatar worked. Well, it you and I did. have never watched it, though. I w- Are you saying you true. lied to me? No, I have not watched you and it. I, we're on a boycott of Avatar. We are. I have not watched it. All right. But knowing the premise between the two, I think 
see it works for this storyline. Okay. So what are you giving it? I'm giving it a three. Three frenzies? I get two. Two frenzies. There you go. Not terrible, but I wouldn't recommend it. See, not I would watch it with the family if you have a younger family. Okay. That's fine. I, uh, yeah, it's not offensive to watch if you got kids. No. And they'd probably enjoy it more because it's more along the lifestyle they've grown up with. Yeah. With information overload and sensory overload and all now, that stuff. I did like the final part where you still need human interaction. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah. I won't spoil it, even though it's not a spoiler. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where. They change the rules kind of at the end. Yes. You need human interaction. Get off your damn phones and get out and actually speak to people face to face. Or play kissy face with a cute girl. <laughs> there you go. Or right. a cute guy. If you're a girl. I'm going there. Yes, I am. Wow. Dave is being PC. Good for him. Inclusive. No, no. I said... If you're a girl, kiss a guy. If you're a guy, kiss the girl. Oh, I thought you were trying no, to No, okay. I'm going alt. I'm going non-PC. All right. It is what it is. All right. You've got another review. Yes. Mrs. C and I decided to watch the disaster movie Greenland with Gerard Butler and Moreno. Bacarina? Yeah, from... Um, from Gotham. Right, right. So... And Deadpool. And Deadpool, yes. Much better in Deadpool than Gotham. <laughs> oh, she was good in both. She, she was, was good, good in both. both yeah. But. No, this... A comet approaches Earth, and this family gets notified they've been selected to be saved by the government because the dad's an architect and construction engineer. Right. And it's how the government screws you over <laughs> based on things that happen and how they get separated and have to try and get back together with their kid and make their way to safety. And they actually kind of nailed the realistic shit when it hits the fan with the de-evolution of society when things go wrong with the rioting, the looting. Man's in consideration of man. Yep, everybody out for themselves yep. and trying to go through and survive. And yeah, there's a lot that, gets a little far-fetched here and there that maybe it wouldn't quite go that way. Um, that being said, overall, I'll give it two and a half. It was okay. decent. Okay. It's worth watching. It's a disaster movie. Suspend disbelief on a lot of levels. <laughs> but the, the crap that they went through traveling cross country trying to get to her dad's place it was pretty intense and it, it was pretty realistic what they would have had to deal with all right so two and a half for for greenland 
Yes, I All will right. give Greenland two and a half. All right, couple uh, movie notes here from the maestro before I hand it back to the conquistador for his book review of the week. Some literary frenzy for yes. you. Um, news came down today, the Oscars. Ugh. Why? They are going to stick with 10 Best Picture nominees coming up for the the next ceremony. So because of COVID, they extended last year's eligibility window to 14 months. So it went from January of 2020 to the end of February of 2021. Now they've got a shortened window and they're going to have more nominees for Best Picture. You so still don't go, have any movies released, so what the hell are you doing? March the 1st to December the 31st now of 2021 will be the 10-month window for 10 guaranteed Best Picture nominees. Have we had any? Oh, God. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. More They're, shitting in a bucket. They are so upset about how bad the ratings were, that they think this is going to pull in a couple blockbusters. This will give the voters a chance to pull in some more blockbusters, some more feel-good, popular movies, so that they'll get higher ratings. Guess what? You won't! You'll shit the bed or shit the bucket! As you always do. And yeah. Because nobody cares about these awards anymore. And you're so pretentious, you won't put a blockbuster movie in there. It's all going to be PC crap. We know it. Stop trying to fool us. Stop trying to fool yourselves. We know it. it. If you had any balls, you'd put nobody oh, wait. in there. F9 is going to make it. F9 will make it into Best Picture. Oh, next sorry, year. because it's diverse. Jesus Christ. So stupid. No, I want to see freaking nobody. I don't think that that falls into the eligibility category, does it? When was it released? It has to be after March the 1st. Hang on. Let me see <laughs> if I've got the date on when I reviewed it for this wonderful segment. Well, while you're looking, I am going to give you some good movie news. They are moving forward. They are casting Confess Fletch. Ha! March 29th. So it's eligible. Yes. So you you you're gonna be campaigning for Bob Odenkirk for best actor. Damn straight, Nobody baby. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd for supporting actor. Confess Fletch. I'm pulling out this old red. Holy deck crap! I got from the library withdraw bin years ago. I'm showing a a book to the. Conquist- Good Lord. Conquistador, Mr. Library. It's got three Fletch books in it, including in the middle, Confess Fletch, which will be the next book I read, because they are going to make Confess Fletch with John Hamm. Marsha Gay Harden is now signed on, so they're putting that cast together. I'm I looking forward see, to I want to see, yes, I am too. I want to see, we knew they're not going to do Chevy Chase again. Well, no, he's too damn old. So, John Hamm could be good. It, 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 it's a toss of a coin on how he's going to pull it off. Right. But it, yeah. it depends on which Ham you're going to get. Yep. We mentioned a couple weeks ago about Liam Neeson playing Philip Marlowe in The Black-Eyed Blonde. I told the Conquistador that's what I'm reading right now. And like I just said, 
Next up is Confess Fletch. I am going to read these books before the movies come out, so I am ready to rock and roll with reviews when they hit. There you go. Hopefully theaters, maybe Amazon, maybe Netflix, maybe straight to DVD. I root for blockbuster success. We know that's not going to happen, but literary frenzy time. Book review for The Conquistador. All right. I just finished Matthew Riley's latest Jack West Jr. book. This this epic quest to save the world from the Omega event started back in 2005 with the Seven Deadly Wonders and has progressed to the Six Sacred Stones, the Five Greatest Warriors, Four Legendary Kingdoms, Three Secret Cities, and the latest one, The Two Lost Mountains. Riley has given us this hero in Jack West Jr. and put him through hell and back as he tries to solve all the mythical legends throughout history. Unbelievable action, things that are not possible, cliffhangers galore. It's a fun thrill ride. Suspend disbelief when you read it. I mean, come on, when you have a little A-10 float plane flying into the back of a C-130 cargo jet, it's brilliant. So I'm going to give this one three frenzies just for the nonstop action, the creativity that has gone into this whole thing leading up to what will be the final chapter taking place in the Great Labyrinth. Do we know what's going to be the title yet? We do not, and Riley has said he does not release the title even to his publisher until he turns in the final draft. Interesting. So it's going to be the one something something. So he's got his little crew against all odds of all the secret families that have run everything throughout time. So it's an enjoyable thrill ride, kids. Very cool. Check it out. Start from the beginning. Yes, go back to Seven Deadly Wonders. Good stuff. All right. We got a little time here, so it's unfortunately time to go into celebrity. Did we ever have a segment when we did this on YouTube or on public access about like the celebrity crime watch? Didn't we? Didn't we have something like 911 or was it what no, was it Frenzy 911? Was... What was Frenzy 911? Wasn't that something we did? Because I feel like we should reinstitute Frenzy 911. I think that's what it was. It might have been Because back then even we had you know, the celebrities behaving badly all the time. I think that's what it we was. We did because we played the bad boys thing. Yes. Yes. We'll get to that later too. Unfortunately, in a sad moment later on, but we will hearken back to bad boys. We should reinstitute it for this because we've got James Franco, Bill Cosby, Allison Mack. Bill Cosby's (sighs) getting out of jail. Allison Mack's going into jail. 
James Franco paid a shit ton of money to stay, to stay out, out, of, out jail. of jail. Oh my god. It, yeah, and and the whole Bill Cosby thing was the prosecutor who put him in jail did not acknowledge the agreement the previous prosecutor had with them for when Bill Cosby testified against another dirtbag. And now it's coming out that this prosecutor took a bribe in this whole Cosby thing. Well, I'm going to hearken back. Kids, listen to our regular Sports Frenzy edition this week because Dave made some really good points when it came to the accusations concerning the Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer, and I think they play into this. Yes, yes, they do. Because as much as I want to condemn Bill Cosby, and I think he probably did some of the things that he was accused of. There was no evidence. And here's the thing. And they brought in And here's the thing with Bill Cosby. He could have gotten out early on parole. He was just denied parole before this happened because he told judges, prison officials, he said, I am not going into the sex offender program in jail. You can keep me in for the full 10-year sentence. Yeah. But I'm not going in because I didn't do this. You can say that was dramatic. You can say maybe he's deluded himself. But or if the man if the man is willing to take an extra his... seven possible years onto a sentence because his sentence was three to ten, yeah, that tells me something. If somebody, if I had been accused of this and I was innocent and I got thrown in jail You're and damn... they gave me an out by saying, "Well, you have to go in the sex offender program," I probably would have done it to get out of jail early, seven <clears throat> years early. Especially at his age when he doesn't have that much time left. Yeah, but if you know that in your heart... I know. I know. Uh, but see, I'm saying that this might actually call. this might actually show me that maybe something was going on and maybe Bill Cosby didn't do everything he was accused of. Yeah. But now Allison Mack from Smallville... Oh my god. Branding people, helping to brand people in Brainwashed a sex by this gets three shit. gets three whopping years in jail. Three whopping years in jail for, for all this. For being crap. a female pimp to this cult leader douchebag who branded and raped how many women? Countless. And she's going to be out when she's in her early 40s, if not 40. 40 or 41. Yeah. Still oh, because with, she with was half a her victim. Life, yeah, still with half her life left to live, basically. Ugh. After what she did, how many, like you said, how many countless young women branding the, the discrepancies and the hypocrisy of our judicial system never ceases to amaze yeah, me. It's, it's absolutely pathetic. And then, of course, we got James Franco. You know, having to pay $2.2 million so he doesn't get in trouble for running this quote-unquote film school program where he (laughs) was having young women undress for him and his co-conspirator. And the women that did undress and perform sexual Mm -hmm. acts got preferential treatment 
as opposed to those that didn't. Gee, that sounds like the definition of a freaking pervert to me. Gee, does the name Harvey Weinstein come to mind with this? How many? Here's here's the depressing thing, Dave. How many years? Let's let's do an over on now, now. Now, isn't Franco your your boy Seth Rogan's? Well, yeah, but, but, but pseudo but best Seth friend. Rogan, Seth Rogan's distance. He's distanced himself from James Franco because he's such a high and mighty, what, what pious What do you want to bet Seth Rogen sat in on most of that stuff? Well, here's my question: How many, how many years over, over under before James Franco is back in regular mainstream motion pictures? I say two. Uh, I was going to give it four. I say two. He'll be back in two, two years. That's that's how little faith I have in the disgusting system that Hollywood's got set up now. All right, what, what, what do you put the odds that Rogan's going to get him in there? Well, how about the odds that they become friends again? That could be four. Two years, I say, before he's back in movies, four before he and Rogan are working together again. They'll probably be together sitting I, I on the couch. Say, They'll sit on the couch on Stephen Colbert's goddamn program. I was going to put you... What are the odds on that first movie collaboration? Four years. With, with, four years. Four years before you, they do something together. Two years before, before Frank goes in a movie. In. In, a, in a mainstream movie. There you go. And that's just sad beyond all belief. You yep. Know? All right, kids. It just gets worse from here. No, actually, it gets no, better. No, it gets a little better. We've got music reviews. I've got a TV review and uh, lots of, of streaming news that I'm going to throw at Dave to see what he thinks, see what sticks, see what he throws back in my face. We, we, we are going to play our version of Sammy or Dave, good or bad. <laughs> oh, there's another one. There's another one from the old days, Sammy or Dave. And by the way, Sammy and Dave are both coming up later. Stay tuned. When your day of dealing with international intrigue is over and you've settled down in your Aston Martin, call up Sports Frenzy 2.0 on your phone or smart car stereo. Every Thursday, Kevin Dave will take your mind off the megalomaniac who just had a laser pointed at your genitals with the best sports criticism around. And don't forget to listen to the weekend edition every Saturday so you can plan out your entertainment options with the femme fatale of your choice. Grab a martini, shaken, not stirred, and check out Frenzy, Sports Frenzy 2.0. All right, kids, welcome back to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0 as we drop on July 3rd. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. I'm the Maestro Kevin Crane. And we are going to give you our review of the new Sticks album, Crash of the Crown. Yes, and it's very, very cool when Dave and I both get to do reviews like this together with music. It's usually a rarity, given the fact that there's so few great new rock albums coming out. So Yeah, Th this one... Very old school sticks. Yeah, I warned you. I told you it was. This this is definitely seventies, all the way. Yeah, 
the keyboards and the harmonies are definitely old school 70s sticks. Yeah. And you've got the trumpets in there. Mm -hmm. and yeah. You, there, there's a lot of, of different influences you feel throughout this whole thing. Yeah. It's, boy, it is a interesting album to try to review for me because it's, it's all over the board. Yeah, there's there's some songs that there's very short interludes, there's short instrumentals, there's some songs, especially towards the end, that don't feel completely fleshed out. Um, there, there are some that made me feel like I should have had an actual LP album cover with <laughs> seeds all over it. <laughs> um, the lyrics, I have to admit, when I listen to an album... I do not look at the lyric sheet if I if I'm lucky enough to have one. I know all you MP3 people out there, you digital What's a people. What's lyric sheet? Yeah, the booklet inside a CD or the sleeve of an album, a vinyl album, should have the lyrics in there. But I will not look at them at least until I've listened to the album three or four times. So that's what I did with this. At first. Lyrically, I thought this album was another one of these condemnations of the society. Trump era politics and where our society is and where it's going. Then I read the inside of the booklet on the CD. Number one, the guy who wrote it, I guess he runs a website, a Sticks fan website. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Shaw, take your pants and pull them down so I can pleasure you. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I thought I kind of see where you were going because a lot of it was a social commentary of what's going on. Now, reading the booklet, and they, they claim that they are trying to cover historical touchstones in general, not trying to center in on the current okay. political climate. See, now I felt Save Us From Ourselves really hit that current commentary. I agree with you. I really do. That's what I thought, too. I really thought this was a commentary on the current state of our country and the world. And now we've talked about Dennis DeYoung, and we both agree that he kind of dragged sticks down. Yeah. Because he always wanted to do the namby-pamby operatic, soft, you know, ballad crap. Yeah. When he finally came back with his last solo album a couple years ago, I, I got on Spotify. I was going to give it a listen. And the first song on the album, I, I had to turn it off after was it a minute. Babe 2? No, no, it was worse because we're talking about how this Crash of the Crown album we perceived as being a commentary on current politics. The first song on Dennis DeYoung's last solo album, he's got another one out now, but the one before was basically him screaming into the microphone about Donald Trump. I hate you, you motherfucker. I hate you, you motherfucker. And I'm like, really? This That's is creativity? This is music now? This is creativity? That's crap. I think he said asshole. Maybe he didn't say motherfucker. He might have said, I hate you, you asshole. But still, you get the gist. So I was worried that now these guys were around him for so long, or maybe they're all of the same like mind, that this was going to be another diatribe against the Donald Trump era of politics. 
But again, like I said, I read the liner notes from the sycophant that wrote them. And at least Tommy Shaw comes out and says, we are not looking at a particular era in history. This could be anywhere from 400, 500, 600 years ago. Could be World War II. It's not about necessarily what's going on right now. It's, It's a universal type of theme that we're going for. A universal theme of hope throughout hard times in the ages, throughout strife in history. I can see that. That made me feel a little better about it, but I got the same vibe you did listening to it was, this is another one of these music acts that's just going to bash Donald Trump and where we're at. Yeah. See, now, starting off with Fight of Our Lives, I liked it, and to me, I thought it belonged in Heavy Metal, the movie. (laughs) <laughs> from back in the day oh yeah yeah just the whole one of the greatest beat. movie soundtracks ever yeah and this this had that type of feel that it belonged there that's a good call that's a good observation yeah so yeah. it just had that feel to it that that's probably i really like that one and that one sets the tone for the whole album with the harmonies with the keyboards yeah and monster was a solid follow-up to it i i will say uh, I'm not going to analyze every song. No. Um, I will say the first half of the album was better than the second half. I will agree with you I think A Monster and then Reveries is right away the highlights of the album. Yes, those first three. Reveries is the only song on the album I would even consider saying could be a radio-friendly possible single. That's Funny you should mention that because I put that it's it's more of the poppy a little bit poppy yeah a little poppy i could almost see it like having a place on sergeant pepper okay yeah that kind of feel right. to it it's upbeat it is definitely upbeat it's definitely so it, it it's it's good it, 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 it's good it's a good rocking song too though it is um yeah monster is a little bit harder a little bit darker um, and, and I, I love the whole I liked it. monster chasing its tail yeah. hook is really cool. But then after that, I really, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to rip the album after, after Reveries. There are still a couple good songs and their title song is good. Crash of the Crown. Very interesting. It's very queenish. Yes. Yes. And again, in the liner notes, they they tout how they're so happy with it. The first time I think they said they ever had three lead singers on one song yeah. in Crash of the Crown. Yeah, and you could see that, yeah. In Our Wonderful Lives, I thought was a very sweet, nice song. I did, I did. If if I'm going to listen yeah. to a ballad or a, a, a lower tempo song, I, that's fine. I wonder. It's not as cheesy it's, and smaltzy as a Dennis DeYoung song would have no, been. No, I, I that to me lended itself more for the Grand Illusion album. Mm-hmm. Yep. It had that kind of feel to it and beat. Yeah. So that's where it lost me, though. After the first seven songs, I was like, "This could be really good," even though it kind of lost me between Reveries and uh, Crash of the Crown. Then after our wonderful lives, I really just yeah that, I that, bailed as individual songs. I bailed on the rest of it. I agree with you completely. And that whole thirty nine second lost at sea. Yep, 
Why? A little interlude, yeah. This and, is psychedelic crap. Yeah, that and then, was. Yeah, you've not the stream it, it at the end is kind of a short, not like, fully formed song. Yeah, it was really kind of. But I lame. will say this: I will be positive about this album in this respect. Not only because we get the old school stick sound, which I love. The, their keyboards you can't replicate. No, when you hear those keyboards, you know it sticks. Yeah, this is one of those few albums. When you and I grew up in an era where it was more about, where's the single? Give me the single. Give me the second single. Give me the third single. And if the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth songs suck, I don't care. As right. long as, as you long got four as or five singles. This album actually might hold up better if you play it all the way through and just take it as a whole than the sum of the parts, the sum of yes. the individual songs. Yeah, you have to go all the way through. But I think definitely it has, the first half is more solid than the second half. Right. So that being said, I will give it I will give it a week two and a half frenzies. I'm with you right there a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I just really think if you're gonna listen to this album, listen to the whole thing. Don't try to pick and choose. again, outside of reveries, I don't think any of the songs really stand up strong on their own, but as a collective they work better. Yes. It flows as an album much better than trying to pick out a song here and a song there. Yeah, you, you can't pick and choose on this one. You got to go all the way through to get the complete feel for it. All right. So two and a half frenzy from both of us. Good, not great. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll take what we can get in this day and age. That's like the fifth time I've said that. Tonight. This day and in this age. day and age. That'll be God, the, the title old. of my autobiography. God, I'm old in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to get mad at me? I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you mad at me. You shut ready? up, Kev. That's no. a preemptive strike. Yeah. <laughs> now this isn't a shut up, Kev. This is a. What the fuck were you thinking? I promised last week I was done with Billboard. Oh, for the love of God, man! I wanted to see. Did where... you eat paint chips as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see where the album we just reviewed went on the charts. I know I shouldn't have done this. And of course, I Billboard didn't disappoint me. Well, they did, but they didn't in terms of my negative view of them. Styx's Crash of the Crown debuted on the, the top 200 at 114. You want to hear even better news? <laughs> No. And I swear I'm done after this week. I swear I'm done. Yeah, dude. I've heard that I before. I swear I'm done. All right. My entertainment dumbass I'm calling out now <laughs> is the maestro for continually going back to Billboard and Rolling Stone. Why didn't you go back to Rolling Stone? So. Yet. I do always check, though, to see if they've no! reviewed. I want to see if they review Mammoth WVH because here's the other part of this. Ugh. I told you how I was disappointed last week that the Mammoth WVH's debut album only made it to number 12 in its first week, right? So you wanted to see second week. Wasn't there. Dropped completely no. out. Dropped completely There's out. There's a shock. Hey, but I want to tell you a couple other albums that are in the top 30 guess, on the Billboard guess, charts. Guess what? I probably don't care. This no, this is gonna tell you how stupid the Billboard charts are. 
Number 24. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Number 29. Chronicle Rush? by CCR. You explain to me how this is happening. The greatest hits album from what, 40 years ago? Is still a no. studio album from 45 years ago. Are still in the top 30 on the Billboard album charts. Where's Journey's greatest hits? Oh, it's I think it's in the top 100 still. <laughs> I do. I, Guns N' Roses' greatest hits still up there. It, it, it's just a travesty. Oh. All right, before we move on to TV, um, I'm going to talk about Sammy Hagar for a moment. But this won't be the last time I talk about him. Wink, wink, hint, hint. <laughs> Sammy Hagar, this is going to be unbelievable. That This is like LeBron James territory That's... he's getting into. But we'll, we'll save that for later. The good news... Sammy is such... A contradiction. I know, and that's what we're gonna—that's what we're gonna look at here. This is the good, the good Sammy. Sammy is introducing the Beach Bar Cocktail Company drinks this fall in three states. Pre-mixed rum drinks. I guess kind of like because now the seltzer drinks are big, you know. I hate seltzer. A little frou frou, you know. I can't have beer; it's too filling. Pansy. Whatever. But Sammy, I, I Sammy a, is a smart businessman. I will go with a good rum drink over a pansy but ass seltzer. They won't seltzer. be here. They won't be here. Oh, well, of course. Not. I think it's Texas, Nevada, and California only to start. Now he is also starting a Las Vegas residency at the Strat Theater. Good for him. So it's Sammy Hagar and friends. Even though the circle will be there. He's saying there could be "quote unquote" special guests, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll revisit Sammy in a little bit. Now we're moving on to TV. I've got a review here first, and then I'm going to hand it off to Dave for a follow-up review for him. I've got a streamer for you. I finished up because I canceled my HBO Max. I had to knock out season two of Doom Patrol. Kind of disappointed that it was only nine episodes when you compare it to the 15 episode first season, but in terms of quality, still outstanding, quirky, weird, profane, beyond belief. I love it. It is so weird. So bizarre. I've told Dave, it reminds me of preacher. Oh yes. In that it's that vertigo DC bizarre universe. And I read some of the doom patrol stuff when I was younger but this is a more mature, more dark. Yeah. Um, again, only nine episodes. Uh, all I'll say, I'm not going to spoil it because I know the Conquistador wants to watch it. This season will bring in Niles Calder's daughter, Dorothy, and is typical with comic book type stuff. You bring a young child in, what do you get? It's always... He or she has the power to destroy the world, but do they know how to control it? <laughs> so that's all I'm going to give you. Wow. Yeah, Dorothy comes into this, and she is that prototypical, you know, 
Yeah, that, that, your your fire starter with <laughs> yes, no yes, there you go with yeah. no maturity. There you go, great call, fire starter. Yeah, yep. The young child who has all this potential, good or evil, has to figure out how to harness it. And of course, these fucked up miscreants <laughs> she stuck around are not helping her at all. But they are great. They are honestly the Doom Patrol, the characters as they've been put forth here in this HBO Max DC Universe series are so interesting and so complex and damaged. You don't it, this is not action packed. It's not that's not what it's about. You know, it's about weird, oh yes, the universe is going to collapse and die, but they have to find weird and bizarre ways to save it. It's not like shootouts, punch-outs, you know. It's bombs more cerebral. Yes. Three and a half frenzies. Just like I would give season one, this is a great follow-up. Um, continues the the quality of season one. I fully recommend it to the Conquistador and all of you. And the boys and I plan to watch it. Now, what do you got? Do you got a follow-up review? I have from a one? follow-up review. A Netflix show from the. Uh, Norwegian area, Ragnarok. This is definitely a dubbed to English. Season two finds Magna, our hero, Thor, if you will, at odds with what he has to do and a seminal moment in a battle with the giant where he questions what he has to do loses his power, and has to find a way to bring it back, all while dealing with his younger brother, who, lo and behold, is only his half-brother because of a fling Mama had with the giant. And, oh, gee, that would now be Loki. No great surprise there. And the whole interaction of the two of them trying to come together with... Being brothers, not being brothers, trying to find their way. Wow, th this one had a lot going on. Um, only eight flipping episodes each season. Not enough to really give you what you want. I give it two and a half, but it's one that you really should check out because of the whole mythological part to it it's enjoyable so now it's a guilty pleasure compared to season one better worse same it, it's it's about the same okay where it continues on it, it's a solid continuation and it picks season two picks up right exactly where season one left off. i always like that i just yeah just and that's the thing. They better, going back to Doom Patrol, they better renew Doom Patrol for season three because they left it off with a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. I mean, massive. There is no closure at the end of season two. Yeah. They've got to do season three. Now, yeah. So if with Ragnarok, where season one ended, season two started just with the last couple minutes of season one and then picked up right in. And it was beautiful because you didn't have that time gap where what the fuck happened? Yeah. Yeah. I never liked that. I never liked that. 
that whole time gap thing. Yeah, yeah. no, th this was beautifully done, run together. All right, some TV and streaming news. Before we move on to our moments of silence at the Red Foreman dumbasses in segment three. Showtime looks like they are going back. Back, back, to the back, future. back, back, back. I guess Showtime's current shows are not doing all that well because how else do you explain the fact that they're rebooting Dexter? Well, not rebooting. They're actually continuing it. They're bringing back Dexter, yeah. the original Dexter, for a 10-episode limited series. Trying to tie it all together. And they're doing the same thing with a movie with Ray Donovan. Now, Ray Donovan, I got to tell you, and Dave is going to say I'm ADD like he always likes to do. No. I watched the first season of Ray Donovan. I have all of them on disc. And have not. But I have never gotten back into it. But the first season was outstanding. So I'm assuming that this movie is going to wrap up all the loose ends from season seven. I want to say is the last one before they canceled it. But it, it, I find it funny that Showtime is now bringing back all their, their old guns to rescue them because obviously their newer their stuff, new stuff isn't sucks working. Ass. Yeah, so Dexter's coming back. Ray Donovan's coming back. Oh, Fox is bringing back Fantasy Island. Did you hear? Oh, God help us. We're only a couple months away from Fantasy Island on Fox. <sighs> and here we go again. I know Ricardo Montalban can't do it. He's too he's dead, isn't he? I think so. But now we have to have his daughter, Elena Rourke, is now running Fantasy Island. And we don't have I don't know what they're gonna do with tattoo. I don't know how that's gonna play out. I did not see. It's probably gonna be a eight foot tall. That's probably going to be some studly dude who ends up sleeping with Elena Rourke. Probably. You know, it's going to be Love Island meets Fantasy Island. Like, or crap. it's going to be an Amazonian lesbian. <laughs> there you go. That's what's going to happen. Tattoo's going to be a woman. Probably dressed in leather with tattoos. Yep. That's what it's Good call. That's what it's going to be. You're so in tune with today's society, Dave. God, I'm going to go out back and shoot myself. Okay. Now, you weren't you talking recently about how you had been looking into C.J. Box's Joe Pickett series? I have caught up with that completely. There is going to be a Joe Pickett 10-part series, unfortunately, it's only on, a on Spectrum. Hulu. It's on Spectrum. Uh... The most remote, hard-to-find cable access type it's it's like at&t when they had mr mercedes you know when oh, they were for putting the love it on, of all on direct tv god you could holy. only watch it on direct tv now you can get it on on peacock but back then mr mercedes was okay an original... i got peacock so yeah but no spectrum's different though spectrum oh, well, i think is only on the west coast well f the west coast may but, they yeah, fall into the ocean joe pickett the 10 part CJ Box series will be on Spectrum coming soon. Gah! You want to get even more mad? Well, I don't know if this will make you mad. The Winchesters is coming. I heard about this. The whole big riff between 
Jensen Ackles and Padalecki. Jensen Ackles and, and Jared Padalecki, yes. Ackles is resurrecting the Winchesters. The parents. The parents. He will narrate, though. He narrates Dean. it as Dean. He never let Padalecki know what he was planning. Padalecki found out via social media. Yep. Wow. Ackles and his wife are executive producing this. You're right. And Padalecki was shut out. Now, the only thing, if I'm going to try to defend Ackles, and there's really no defense. He should have let him know. They're supposedly best friends. Right. Off camera. They are close. You would think as long as that show has run what they've been through together. The only thing I can think is that maybe Ackles made a bad assumption thinking because Walker is doing well for the CW and it's been renewed and he's going to be doing it for at least the next year or two. That he wouldn't that he didn't have think, time or want yeah, to Padalecki do it. Padalecki would have time to do it. But, but still, now, you but talk Ackles to him is and doing, let him know. Ackles is in season three of The Boys on Amazon, so he's got other projects going on, too. He's also voicing how many different animated movies and series? Yeah, so, yeah, I was trying, or, I'm, tra- I'm trying to help my, out my boy because I love or, Jason Ackles. He's awesome. Or is this a pseudo- fight to try and bolster ratings for it no i think this is genuine i think i i think ackles genuinely fucked up and did not tell padalecki what was going on and like i said i i'm trying to make the one excuse i can find for him but it's not it's very weak it's very weak yeah it 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 it, it, it's bad and of course you also have to remember that they have tried two other times to, to bring, bring in, a spinoff of Supernatural. Right. They tried Wayward Sisters. Right. That Which didn't I get off the ground. You and I heard about that. And we, we were, we both were on board. Yes. A hundred percent behind it. that. Did not make it. Fuck you, CW. That would have put tied in brilliantly with your agenda. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. We're going to wrap up segment two here, and then we're going to come back. We got a couple more little tidbits, various radio, music, TV stuff, and then we're going to get to the moments of silence and the dumbasses of the week. And yes, as I mentioned, for the second week in a row, oh my God, Maestro, what are you doing? One of your favorite musicians of all time is a dumbass again. Hmm. If you can't figure this one out, kids. You're a moron. Shame on you. All right, we'll be right back. Are you tired of getting body slammed by the mainstream sports media? Are you sick of their lame trash talk? Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 with a tag team of the Maestro and the Conquistador. Pile drive those jackasses into submission. Available on all major podcast hosts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. Kevin Dave, slap a figure four on all the major sports networks who lie, kiss ass, and refuse to take names. New episodes drop every Thursday with new weekend edition episodes every Saturday. And that's the bottom line, because Sports Frenzy said so. 
All right, kids, time to wrap up the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. If we don't get to say it before we wrap this up, have a great 4th of July. Celebrate. Enjoy. Don't start any fires. Don't blow off your damn fingers with an M80. Don't light fireworks off your head and kill yourself that way. And please respect the frogs. Try to keep the carnage to a minimum, okay? And... Really, be done by midnight so people can actually get some freaking sleep. Although they don't have to be at work on the Monday. But still, the fifth is going to be the. There are day. kids who still need to sleep. You're so responsible, Dave. Yeah, somebody's got to be. All right, couple tidbits here before we move on to the moments of silence, which we have a lot of this week. Good grief! I wish I could be Howard Stern. Howard Stern just got. A new $500 million deal from Sirius XM. And then here's the kicker. He's taking July and August off. It must be freaking <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. <sighs> a lot of, lot of subscribers, Sirius XM, are saying they're going to cancel because it's bullshit that they have to pay two months for the premium package to get him and all they're going to get all the rest of the summer is reruns. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. No, he is not the king of all media. He's not I, that good. When he's he, over freaking rated. When he was on terrestrial radio, when I lived in Florida, and we're going back about 15, 20 years. I did listen to him, but yeah, I I never thought he was anything other than mildly entertaining. I don't get the whole character thing. You know, Baba Booey, people yell that crap all the time on the golf course. Baba Booey! Baba Booey's about the most idiotic, unfunny person. You know, Gary yeah. Delabane is not charismatic or funny in any way, shape, or form. Stern gets high-profile guests because of his name. Yeah, because he's in New York. Right. You know, and there's there always used to be at least the promise of debauchery and... Now, I, you know, you would think even more so now that he's on Sirius XM, it'd be worse. It's, but he's mellowed out yeah. by all accounts. So, he, overrated crap. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay for it. I wouldn't pay for no, it. No. And but when, I I had, when I had it before he became the premium, I never listened to him. But I understand the outrage because it'd be like if you bought the NFL Sunday ticket. And then they told you, well, you don't get weeks four through seven. Yeah. You know, they're taking the week off or or you just don't get it. Yeah. No, it if you're making ridiculous. that kind of money, show you up should, to work every week. We'll give you Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July you, off. You can take a reasonable amount of time here and there, but not two freaking months. Oh, in yeah, the he says, well, that summer. was negotiated in the deal. I'm sure it was. Well, number one, who's the idiot that gave you that that out? Because I gotta believe there's gonna be a and lot of people. And who's giving you that much damn money to begin with? Well, again, by all accounts, he's not the the pervo that you hear on the radio. I mean, he's supposedly a really nice guy in real life. Yeah. He has a lot of rescue animals, you know, very good neighbor from what I've heard. But again, this just seems wrong. 
You know, then yeah. retire. Retire if you want to be if done you if you be need that much time off. In your little corner of the world with your model wife and your rescue animals, just <laughs> quit. You know, no, I'm going to negotiate a $500 million deal and then take two months off. Screw the listeners. Jerry Seinfeld, speaking of somebody who's filthy rich. Yeah, no kidding. You know what his next project is going to be? I did hear about this. Please enlighten the rest of the audience. Netflix has got Jerry Seinfeld starring in, producing, and I believe directing. Yes. Unfrosted. The story of the invention of the Pop-Tart. <laughs> Boy, you want to talk about something that sounds like it could really be good or really be an abject disaster? Why do I think this could lean towards disaster? Yeah, I, I don't know what would be appealing about this, especially with him starring in it. Uh, I don't... It's, I, I, I can't see this... Number one, he's not a great well. actor. No. Honestly, outside of the greatest sitcom of all time, which was perfectly fit for him. It was the cast of characters around him. It was all of it. It was that all of it. brought yeah. it together because he's deadpan and he needed the liveliness. He was the straight guy for most of it. Yeah. yeah. He needed those characters around him to bring it all together. Yeah, I, and I, again, don't see how the invention of the Pop-Tart is going to lend itself to a... It's not going to give you this, that, and the other. <laughs> uh, it's, why don't you do Kenny Rogers Roasters instead? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're all going to wind up saying, we're out, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I think we are. Um, Shark Week is coming up. Yes! Love Shark Week. And here's the one thing. I don't usually watch Shark Week, so I might normally bow out, except I heard today they were talking about some of the celebrities that were going to be involved. You know, I said William Shatner. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he does everything. Here's the fun part. The jackass guys are going to be (laughs) doing a Shark Week. I don't know if they're doing a special. I don't know if they're showing up on one of the shows. But Johnny Knoxville, Steve The cast from Jackass is going to be involved somehow, some way in Shark Week, which means a fin is going to find its way up somebody's ass. (laughs) Or somebody's getting their balls bitten off. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Yeah, Steve-O, can you take that shark tooth out of your your, 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 your foreskin there? (laughs) Oh, all right. Time to turn to somber notes. Before we get to the moments of silence, I do want to say that I'm, I'm never, I've never been a big fan of Blink-182, but uh, their, their leader, Mark Hoppus, has cancer. He's been undergoing treatment, so we wish him the best. Yes, very much so. We want to keep him away from the moments of silence. But as we go into them, I think Dave and I agree that the even though it's kind of odd, the one, the big moment of silence for us isn't somebody we really know that much about. No, but it's a band that, from a band that we love. love. Uh, Johnny Solinger at 55 years old, the guy who took the place of Sebastian Bach in Skid Row passed away. And it's odd that 
I feel bad because I never gave them a chance after after the split. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Is it a split? Was it he got fired? Did he walk away? It was. But it Sebastian, was not an amicable no, departure. No. But but we also talked about the fact that the three albums they did, the three studio albums they did, were phenomenal, and it was just how are you going to replace that voice? Sebastian Bach, the voice of hard rock. One of the one of the five greatest voices of the eighties and early nineties in terms of hard rock, easily. Yes, easily. Every um, vocal range you could possibly want. And the thing is, again, something we discussed. It seemed like the split hurt both entities. Yes, Sebastian Bach did not have the greatest solo career. After good albums. But Not nothing, great. nothing that anybody really paid much attention to outside of the hardcore fans. Same thing with Skid Row. Nothing they put out outside of the hardcore fans really got a lot of attention. Yeah. It, it was a bad decision to have parted ways. But I am going to go back. I said this to you guys, you and Mrs. C. I'm going to go back and start listening to some of this Skid Row stuff with Solinger on vocals just to see. You know, we don't get that much great new music now. So, so maybe it's, it's time, time to, to dig into it. the past and Yeah. That's where I was gonna go. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we'll have some uh skid row reviews here. Old stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Although we be. don't normally do that. We don't, but, but it's stuff that we haven't listened to. Yes. Ergo so. that qualifies. Yes, it does. Under Sports Frenzy Rules, you're absolutely correct. Um, I got one more here, and then I'll pass it on to you. I don't know who she is, but Melissa Coates was a WWE wrestler. She just passed away at 50 years old. She was known as Super Genie. I do not know her. I have never I heard of her, watched do not her, know. seen her. But somehow... That was during the, the years where we did not watch? Maybe the Attitude Era? Could be. Because that, that was the stuff that I did not like. That was when they got into the whole sexual, weird, you know, very bizarre, bizarre land. stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, we're starting to lose a lot of wrestlers, just like we are a lot of rock stars, so... I always want to pass along my condolences. So, um, but we've got pl- oh, geez, so many. So other. many. I'm I'm going back, and I'm going across the pond. Being the Doctor Who fan that I am, Jackie Lane, who played Dodo Chaplet, the very first Doctor's companion, passed away. See, I never got into Doctor Who, so I don't know any of those people. Yeah, see, that loved it growing up. That was one of the things where it was on PBS. It wouldn't start until midnight. And in grade school, it was one of those, all right, it's Sunday, Monday, got to go to school. So my brother and I would go to bed early-ish. Dad would wake us up a couple hours later at 11 so we could watch a half hour of Monty Python. <laughs> I we'd, did watch that. We'd yeah. watch Dave Allen at large at 1130. 
and then midnight till two in the morning was <laughs> Doctor Who. So good times, great memories growing up with that. So there we go on that one. Um, I have been watching a lot of Everybody Loves Raymond lately. Uh, and I have I have revised my opinion on it. I do think now it is probably one of the top fifteen comedies of all time. Um, maybe it's because watching them back to back, you get a better flow, a better feel for the characters. Um, Max Rosenthal, you might sit there and go, "Who? Who is he?" He was one of the lodge members when they would go to the lodge, Frank's Lodge. Frank, of course, played by the great. Peter Boyle, Frank Barone. Um, But I think Max Rosenthal was actually the father of one of the producers of the show as well. But but like I said, I've been getting into it lately. So when I saw he passed away, I wanted to give some condolences to him and his family. Um, Do we really want to talk soap opera? We got a lot of soap opera talk this week. We do. And I have to say, Stuart Damon, Dr. Alan Quartermain on General Hospital, which I got sucked into for a few years, staying over, spending the summer months at my grandparents. It was one of my grandma's favorite soaps. Stuart Damon passed away. And then we got a follow-up with All My Children star, Ray McDonald, played Dr. Joe Martin. Notice two doctors prominent <laughs> in these two high-profile soaps passed away. Rick Springfield better watch out. <laughs> Don't! Not till we get to see him. Uh, yes, he is one of the ones we've got to see once at least. Um, we got to put him on the list. And I'm going to I'm going to back you up on something. And, you know, there are so many things, especially in the eras that we grew up in, where you guys would get ridiculed for this, ridiculed for that. You know, you oh, you sissy, you pussy, you pansy. Hey, Jack. I don't remember any Jack Wagner. I don't remember any guy ever General Hospital. I don't remember any guy ever giving me shit. Or any other guy I knew shit when we said, yeah, I was home from school for a couple days. I watched soap operas. It was like, all right, that's cool. That never never there, seemed there, to cross the line. It never seemed to be something that no. got a stigma attached to it. Everybody kind of said, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Because each soap had the hot chicks. Exactly. They had exactly. the badasses. <laughs> yep. And are you gonna bag on the guys that are getting laid every every day? Hell no. You know? Like you said, the doctors, the and let, let's face it, some of the storylines were over the top. Oh, they they got at times they got really ridiculous. Yeah. But sometimes they actually got intriguing and had that air of mystery that you wanted to know what the hell's going on. Well, that's why they had them in prime time for a while too. Big. Big in prime time with Dallas, Falcon, Falcon Crest, Crest, all yeah. those. Knott's Landing, you know. Not that I, ever, I never watched any of those. Oh, I watched Dallas. I did watch Dallas. I'll admit that. I did. I was into Dallas. For I a couldn't of years. give a shit who shot JR. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was just, <laughs> it was 
the overall dynamic of the show was pretty interesting there for a while. I, I, it wasn't the whole who shot Jr. thing that got me into it, but um, plus I think it was probably a lead into Miami Vice for me. Could have been. Maybe. I don't, think, I don't no. think they were on at the same time. I think Dallas was on earlier, and then Miami Vice was on after. But nah, I, I digress. Know. We digress. Finally, this is a travesty. John Langley, the creator of Cops, passed away. Why I say it's a travesty? Nothing to do with his death. He did live a full life. He had a heart attack doing what he loved, racing. Yep. Travesty is that he had to die with his creation, his baby, being still reviled and ridiculed to this day, and they won't put it on, Paramount will not put it back on because of all this crap over the last couple of years about the police protest. Cops was one of the most entertaining shows out there. And it, there was nothing wrong with it. It didn't do anything to promote violence against people. <clears throat> it did everything to promote the fact that these men and women go through hell every day, the idiots they have to deal with, the dangerous situations they have to deal with, and I still find it chicken shit that Paramount pulled this crap and took cops off the air. Brilliantly said... Which leads to the pansy asses at A&E who took off Live PD, which followed up because of cops. Right, right. You're going you're gonna to reap what you sow, you assholes. You're going to reap what you sow. When you need these people to be there for you, well, they probably will be because that's the kind of people they are. Uh, not so many anymore. Yeah, screw your defund the police crap, all right? Screw it. And I get tired of the hypocrisy of, well, we have to support our first responders. They won't say police anymore. Now it has to be first responders. No, they're freaking police officers. You say, we support the police, we support the firemen, we support the paramedics, we support the hospital personnel. Single them all out, give them acknowledgement for who they are, which is heroes. They are heroes. You are not, you chicken shit Hollywood executives. You're not heroes. You're scum of the earth. And why do you think Portland's burning? Oh, now we're ready for the dumbasses. I'm fired up, man. <laughs> I'm fired up. Fired up. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce fucking Springsteen can kiss my ass six ways to Sunday, twice on Tuesdays, down glory fucking road. Down the glory hole, wherever we want to go. <laughs> glory days. Oh, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway opened up in New York this past week because he's the first one. He's got to be the one to open up everything for New York on Broadway. So everybody gives him standing ovations for 10 minutes. Oh, the boss. Oh, he's so great. And I love his music. Don't get me wrong. I he's an separate, asshole. I can separate the two, as we'll find out later. You can separate the musician from the asshole person. Don't make jokes about your DWI arrest. That's why you're a dumbass this week. You're making jokes after the opening of your Springsteen on Broadway one-man show. Oh, New Jersey doesn't like me because I got arrested for DWI. You're an idiot. 
you were drinking shots of tequila in a park where alcohol was prohibited on a motorcycle drinking alcohol. Again, do I have to say it a third time? Drinking alcohol on a motorcycle and you were planning to go home on said motorcycle. Dumbass, that got you kicked off your Jeep gig. You're lucky they dismissed the charges because your alcohol limit wasn't DWI worthy. No, you're lucky you got dismissed because you're Bruce fucking Springsteen. That's exactly why. You're a dumbass, Bruce. All right. We're delving into the dark side again. Former Disney star Kyle Massey, who was on this That's So Raven and other shows, 29 years old now, sent explicit images and text to a 13-year-old girl who he's known since she was four. This guy is scum of the earth. It harkens back to fucking what's-his-nuts Josh whoever, who last week just got arrested and pled guilty to similar stuff. What is it with these fucking Disney stars? I know. Disney just, the rat just promotes insanity, promiscuity, and idiocy, and perverse behavior. I mean, this is ridiculous. Unfreaking believable. All right, I'm going back to our regular Sports Frenzy episode. This is my tie-in where I was talking about Gwen Berry, the Olympic hammer thrower who turned her back on the American flag during the national anthem. Botox queen Rosanna Arquette came out today and said she will never stand for the flag or the national anthem ever again in her life. And she actually posted a picture of herself kneeling, not in a positive way, in a negative way, in front of a bunch of American flags. One, do we really give a shit? Yeah, what was the last time she did anything of significance? But again, she's Hollywood royalty, Dave. No, no, she's not. She hasn't done shit in forever. And what she's done wasn't that great to begin with. She's a B-movie queen. And not even a queen. Yep, so go to hell, Rosanna. Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. All right, I'm going to pull out an old, old dumbass before I go into my big one. I watch my morning sports show. I've been watching it for years on CBS Sports Network. They air the worst freaking commercials ever during the breaks. (laughs) It's all propaganda, public service announcements that just want to, you know, piss you off beyond all belief, make you feel horrible about life, because all it says is, we're awesome, you suck. Women are awesome, you suck. Gay people are awesome, you suck. Well, they've, they've had these commercials running for the last year or two about smoking pot but not driving after you smoke <laughs> pot. There's about two or three of them. But here's what finally stuck with me. I was letting them slide, letting them slide, until it finally hit me, there's a line in there. There's something in there that doesn't sound right. 
because they got the potheads talking about let's get some food and they're beating up their apartment because they can't slice a pineapple. The voiceover guy says, you're already making good decisions when you're high. What? How has this slid through for years? What? The guy says, I will say it again. You're already making good decisions when you're high. Who's making good decisions when they're high? Nobody. That's like saying you're doing great things while you're smashed out of your gourd after 15 beers. That's saying after five shots of tequila, you're in great shape. You could do calculus. I mean, who's the idiot? And I can't believe nobody has called this out and this is still on the air. That is absolute stupidity. This has been gnawing at me for literally years. There's no excuse for that. All right. Do I get my last one or you got one more? Go for it. All right. For the second week in a row, believe it or not, I'm calling out the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. Sammy, God, you're killing me. What are you doing? I had so much respect for you. And you had a a, a decent amount of positive vibes, positive things to say after Eddie Van Halen passed away. And then you started the Van Hagar thing on Facebook and Instagram. And you pissed me off with that. Now you go on a Brazilian internet show. And you start bashing David Lee Roth. Here's my problem with it. No, here's my problem with it, Dave. And I can't even, I was going to print out. I thought these two were starting to get along. No, 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 no. Sammy is taking the low road. And this is why I'm starting to get really mad at him. Sam, and I I would have printed out the interview, the snippet of it, but it would take five minutes to read. But here's the thing. Number one, don't rip on David Lee Roth. Yes, we all know he's playing a character on stage. He's all he's playing a persona. That's what rock and roll stars do. That's, okay? That's what your great front yes. men are. That is not who he is. Nobody ever thought that's who he was. The David Lee Roth you see on stage is not the David Lee Roth you see off stage. Nobody ever thought that David Lee Roth was the same person. But here's what pisses me off. Even beyond that, number one, don't rip on Dave. You're just jealous because he was a better frontman for Van Halen than you are. But like I said, he has this quote that goes on and on. It's appropriate that he and the Circle put out this lockdown album where they did a bunch of covers. And one of the songs on there is Personal Jesus. Because Sammy Hagar now thinks he's like Jesus. His his quote was, Dave, I'm paraphrasing, Dave can do what he wants, but I'm all about saving people, helping people, making people better. No, you're not. He acts like he's the Lord God Savior of the free world in this interview. Sammy, Like, like all musicians and all celebrities, you're only about making yourself better. Putting yourself out there as I am everything. It's all self-promotion for you. That's all you have ever been. That's why, like I said last week, I still think now 
after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, the behavior from Sammy, there might have been something to what Eddie said when he said Sammy only wants to be a solo artist. Sammy has only cared about being a solo artist because we're seeing more and more Sammy cares that Sammy about cares Sammy. about Sammy. Sammy doesn't care about anybody else but Sammy. And God help you, Mikey. I hope he doesn't destroy your life. I hope he somehow figures out a way to keep treating you well. I'm worried now he's going to stab you in the back. God, I hope Sammy's not my dumbass three weeks in a row next week, Dave. I wouldn't bet against it. He's on a roll, though. <clears throat> All right. That's it for the weekend edition, kids. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Shake the hand of a police officer. Thank them for what they do. Pat a fireman on the back. Pat a hot-looking nurse on the ass. Oh, no! I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. Check us out next week, kids. Regular Sports Frenzy hits every Thursday morning, and this weekend edition hits every Saturday morning. We look forward to having you with us both times every week. Take care.